1: Welcome to Cavs HQ. Thank you for joining us on Fox Sports Ohio and the Elk & Elk Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Snyder.
2: Welcome to a Cavs HQ conversation, and, and what a pleasure it is to have a former Cavaliers guard, I think always a Cavalier, Brevin Knight in town. Brevin, great
3: to have you with us. No, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and, and you, you're right. I will always, in my mind, I will always be a Cavalier. You know, and I say that because I've heard you speak and I've read some some
2: stories about you over the last few years as uh, currently you are the uh, analyst with the with the Memphis Grizzlies television network. And we'll, we'll talk about that role and, and how you've learned it. But you've always, you know, they, people talk to you and you've played with different teams, but you always mention
3: Cleveland. Well, it's, it's the ones that my, my broadcast team that I have now, they always make fun of me because whenever we talk about what are your favorite cities, and the first one I always go to is I love Cleveland. And they're like, Cleveland. Like how how can you love Cleveland? I said, well, the problem is y'all only go during the winter when it's gray. And I understand that time of the year. But after you get beyond that, the spring, summer, fall, some of the beautiful, the most beautiful times that you'll see anywhere. But the fans here love sports. And if you when you're here and you if you pour into this city as much as they do, they love you forever. And so that was kind of I, I love that fact of it. I love the blue collar nature of it. Uh, So still to this day, I, I love coming back. And
2: I think that also is a testimony
3: why why you you know we want
2: to have you here because the fans they they recognize the way you played and and we'll get into that with you about your time here as it was a brief moment where boy there was a lot of hope with that team and, yes. I, and I do want to talk about that but but you embrace that and of course you grew up in New Jersey you played your college
3: ball in Stanford but but you kind of get the the hard work and nature of what Cleveland's about don't you well, uh, well my career was that way the entire way growing up I had to continue to work hard because there were a bunch of naysayers and I I think that's what this city is about. There's a bunch of naysayers that say why you don't want to go to Cleveland. It was a mistake by the lake. All of those things get said. But when you come here and you live here for enough time and see how genuine the people are, the love that they have for sports, and if you're a sports fan, there's no better place to be.
2: Now, you lived it, though. When you first were drafted and you were the 16th pick in the first round that year, What was your first reaction, though, going to the Cavaliers back then? Do you remember?
3: Well, my first reaction was, why did I get drafted so late? I thought I played (laughs) better. I thought I played well enough to be drafted (laughs) higher. Uh, But once once we started to see where things were setting up, then we started to pinpoint Cleveland as being a place that I thought I could have some success. And and so uh, luckily it worked out that we passed on a couple of teams and we got down to being able to come here. And the thing that made me excited about being here was – the youth that this team had that meant that we had to go out it's going to be young guys and then we may have some veteran guys around us that will allow us to play but I knew it would be a, a fun environment for me and it definitely was
2: we'll look back at that first year when Brevin Knight got to town with Cedric Henderson Derek Anderson Zydrunas Silgowska's first big year Sean Kemp it was quite a season and of course the coach was Mike Fratello we'll get into all of that coming up on Cavs HQ with Brevin Knight
4: Sure, I can own it. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing. But the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun. One recent photo of popcorn shrimp was hailed as a masterpiece.
0: Come in and check out the camera and everything else on the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing, that's our thing. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera.
4: Your lawn is where life happens, and Cub Cadet wants to help you make the most of it by offering exceptional financing on our lineup of residential Zero Turn mowers. From the steering wheel control of the RZT SX Zero Turn with zero learning curve to the unbeatable strength of the lap bar control Z Force LX mower. These mowers are sure to help you bring your lawn to life. Visit cubcadetdealers.com Dealers.com slash calves to find your local independent dealer and take advantage of this exceptional offer. Cub Cadet, proud partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Offer subject to credit approval, some restrictions apply. See Store Associate for details.
0: It's time for some basketball, at the game, on TV, even online. Spectrum TV has over 200 channels available, including all your basketball favorites, so you can see every shot, assist, and block in high definition. And with Spectrum TV, you also get access to the Spectrum TV app, so you can watch a game in any room on multiple devices. Spectrum TV, it's the ultimate slam dunk. Call 844-352-2999 and get Spectrum now. Restrictions apply, call for details. Get back to what's good every morning with Chock Full of Nuts Coffee. Made with only 100% premium roasted coffee beans for a smooth, delicious taste every time. Chock Full of Nuts, just heavenly coffee since 1932. Look for Chock Full of Nuts Premium Coffee at your local Discount Drug Mart and earn pro points today. Discount Drug Mart, the official drugstore of the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: Discount Drug Mart, save you the around. You'll find
0: everything new
1: suspect a natural gas leak? Dominion Energy
2: Ohio reminds you first move your feet then call when you're down the street. To help you smell a gas leak a familiar odor like rotten eggs is added to natural gas or you might see blowing dirt or bubbling water. A leaking pipeline might also make a hissing sound that you can hear. Call the Ohio Utilities Protection Service by dialing 811 at least two working days before digging on your property. And if you suspect a gas leak, call Dominion Energy Ohio. Visit dominionenergy.com
1: keyword natural gas safety. Now back to our conversation with former Cavs point guard Brevin Knight right here on Cavs HQ.
2: Well, Brevin, we kind of teased about it, your first year coming to town. Let's let's look at that before we get back to a little bit about your career and, and overcoming things as well. Do we, do we call you undersized? Uh, How, what, what are the point guards? What, we, we talk about the little point guards like Isaiah Thomas. Is little? What, what do you prefer to be called? We are just uh vertically challenged okay all right we'll talk about the the vertically challenged guards who seem to find a way to get through let's go back to that year though that was a 97 98 you get drafted Derek Anderson a few picks before you you thought you should have gone higher you come out of Stanford you get to this Cavs team and Mike Fortello's the head coach there's you D.A. Cedric Henderson Zajunas Ilgaustis this big guy uh, that was quite a season. What do you remember about the beginning of that campaign?
3: Uh, that Fratello was very hard on us in training camp, and I look at guys' training camps today and say, "You guys got it easy," because it was the hardest that I had to work on a on a in a week's time, week to ten days time period, and I ever did in my life. And you had things hurting on your body that you never knew was there, and so uh, that was that was tough for us, being that young, being that excited, and then to come in and have to work as hard as we had to uh it, it was a challenge but it was good that we all came out together on the other side of it and so it was it was definitely uh, an exciting time for all of us
2: you know you mentioned that uh, that young group so you all were kind of in the same boat for you like looking at each other's <laughs> going man this is what's
3: what's he doing to us he, he was hurting us the the only difference we always mess with da because a lot of us were i was a lower pick we weren't th- we weren't really hype guys cedric myself uh, Zadrunas was thought of to be good, but D.A. was the one guy who was living the real NBA life. He had Master P. as his, his agent. He had the trucks. He had his guys around him. It was like, oh, well, D.A. is the NBA. And it's kind of like me and Seth were like, oh, we just kind of playing with him. So it was <laughs> it was fun to see that dynamic of where we were in terms of as being rookies, but there was still a status thing with them being rookies, but none of us cared about it. That was the mm-hmm. other good part. It was like, all right, that's, that's DA, and that's kind of how he lives, and every now and then we get to ride his coattails. We'll see what the NBA is like, and then we'll go back over to our side, and then we get to hang out with Kemp. And, and I'd say with Kemp, a lot of people gave him a hard time, but he was the best for all of us young guys because he kept us away from problems that we may encounter down the road. And so I, I always say – I. I give a lot of credit to him as being a veteran that kind of shaped which way I wanted to go with my career, what to stay away from, what to do. Uh, So he was a great influence on us as young guys.
2: And there was success on the court. In fact, all of you, all of you young guys, go to New York, go to the the All Star game, right? That All Star, the the All Star rookie game, right? You all
3: played (laughs) it. Yeah, we all went. Uh, D. A. couldn't play because. He had the knee injury. I think that said and I hurt him too on a celebration of a shot. He hurt his knee mm-hmm. on the so it, he didn't get a chance to play. But it it was fun to to, to be in New York. My family was there with me, uh, so it was it was just an exciting period for a lot of us that didn't think that this was going to be our life. Myself and Cedric Henderson, we weren't supposed to be NBA guys. You know, there were certain guys that you always knew mm-hmm. they were playing the NBA, and you know when we got there, we were going to enjoy it to the fullest. And
2: uh, and what a year it was then! You finished up forty-seven and thirty-five. Yep. You get to the playoffs, and you got this terrific Indiana team, Red, the Reggie Miller guys, it's right? Mark, Mark Jackson. Jackson. I, this team was loaded, and I'll never forget that too. I think uh, Brevin, you guys just had absolutely blown out in Game One. Yes. The second game. You should have won. You really had some bad – I'm still mad at the refs, yes. whatever. But
3: it was a game you guys had – you didn't catch a break at all, and you had them in, in, in Indy. We did, and it was a game – it was a series that we wanted. We felt as though this it was the best matchup for us at that time to give us a chance to win because they were they were older. We were younger. We thought maybe we can run and get up and down the floor and give ourselves a chance. And like you said, those for the first game, it was, holy cow, this is the playoffs. Like – none of us knew understood we thought this is the pace that we played all year and we played that game one and they smacked us in the face and it was it really took us aback and we went back and foretell was like okay now are y'all ready to play do, do y'all believe what we told you about where the level of the game goes to we came on game two and that game two allowed us to be ready for game three it gave us the confidence that we could win a game against a very good veteran basketball team and then we just went on and we we played and had fun and no, it just didn't go our way. Yeah, but you battled them. You came back, got a win, and
2: uh, so it was just so much hope, even at the end of that season with all of the youth and so forth. And then the next year, Brevin, and, and it really, I think, in a sense, it changed uh, the whole direction for the Cavs
3: franchise
2: because yes.
3: then we there was the it was the lockout. The lockout it, killed
2: it. it. It just was brutal, wasn't it?
3: it? It was hard on us because, and it wasn't even about the weight that Kemp. Uh, game because he still came back and, and gave us 20 and 10 it was everything that was going on in the front office that start that really started to affect what was gonna happen with the team and we always said if we didn't have the issues that we had front office wise that in turn led to guys being traded prematurely then we we, we really liked what we could have done with that team if we would have let it if you extend it out a couple mm-hmm. of years have you been able to keep in touch with any of the guys from there? Every now and then, I I see uh, uh, Vitaly a lot because he's coaching, right. so we I, I see him all the time, and we we still have great talks. Z I was seeing a lot when he was still involved with the game when he was in Miami, when he's here doing those things. We we got to talk. So now it's uh, Cedric Henderson is in Memphis. We hang out all the time. Yeah. Just being in Memphis, it's like, I mean, we've just been good friends from from day one, and Da I talk to periodically. So yeah, we still. You know, in, in our space, in our times, we still catch up with one another. Uh, I, I wish that maybe we could stay in touch a little more and see each other and then hang out more. But uh, we kind of, everybody has their lives. You know, as you get older, your family, like those take things take over. But... We try to stay in touch as much as possible.
2: Well, you know, as I reflect on this with you, that was a group that, uh, yeah, you just wonder if maybe things would have gone a little differently. There was a, a heck the, of a core. The domino
3: start when they traded Vitaly. That was the start of it. Mm-hmm. Like Vitaly was a was a huge wasn't a guy that people talked, but he was a huge part of what we did because when Kent went out, he gave us the low post scoring. When Z they weren't in the game, he also shot the ball. He was physical, um, and so we 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 had a lot of we had the pieces. Wesley Person came on later. He was a shooter. Bob Sewer was there. He gave us that. That it factor. You just you wanted somebody that just had swag, it was mm-hmm. Bob Sewer mm-hmm. He's going to be that guy. And so it, we I, I, I really liked the versatility that we had. We had good guys. We liked each other. You don't get that much in the NBA when you get a team of guys that like each other. So, uh, unfortunately, things just didn't, didn't didn't work out. But you went on have a 12-year career.
2: Right. Uh, you they, The Cavs initially traded you to Atlanta. What was that like, the reality,
3: when you were traded the first time? Well, I asked for it. And because, like I said, things are gone so haywire here and sideways that I just felt like it was it was nothing else that I could do here. So the, the trade was, um, it hurt in some ways because you feel like when you get to this a situation where you feel comfortable and you've never been in the NBA but you guys have had early success, you think, like, it's going to keep going that mm-hmm. way. But you quickly learn that this is a business and you have to adjust and you have to make decisions based on that. And so that's why in that – Third year, towards the second half of that third year, I was like, well, I got to go. Like, it's not, this isn't a a situation good for me. So, it was definitely, it hurt because I thought, oh, I'm in a great place. Got good people. We like being here. Um, But the business took over. And then from there, my mentality became a business mindset. Basketball became secondary. The business of basketball became first. Well, we're going to talk more about that. Your career, Brevin Knight, in his vertically challenged career. (laughs) More of
2: his relationship with Coach Fratello that he has uh, talked about how it's really made him, you know, tougher in the game itself and how they work together. And and also uh, Brevin's thoughts about today's game and how happy he was that the Cavaliers finally won a championship. That's all coming up. It's a Cavs HQ conversation with Brevin Knight. Glad to have you with us as we have a chance for a Cavs HQ conversation with Brevin Knight. Always good to have Brevin back in Cleveland, his uh, his first city and his tour across the NBA. You know, Brevin, we talked about what uh, vertically challenged and really, I guess, it, take it a step back. You were a heck of a high school player, but it wasn't like you had uh, a lot of people knocking at your door, I understand, to, to really go and play collegiately. Is that Am I right?
3: No, You're right. The door wasn't being knocked down at all. It was it was upright fine. And, and so it was – I got it down to SMU and Manhattan College. That's where I was going to go. John Shumate was coaching at SMU. Manhattan had Fran Frischella, who he, he had recruited Ira Bowman, who played with me in high school. And so I was like, cool, one of these – they want me to come play for them. Not a lot of other decisions for me. And they're going to pay for me to go to college. I mean, at the end of the day, that was my goal was to mm-hmm. alleviate the pressure from my parents and get a scholarship. Stanford came in late, and there was there's no way that you can turn down that. And then from there, I just, I took advantage of opportunities. And I always tell people, when the opportunities knock, you better be ready to open the door. And I was ready to open that door, and it's set my life up from there. Now, at high school, you were
2: how? Well,
3: how Man, far? high school, I was about five, Six. Soaking and wet, maybe 145, 150 pounds. Uh, I, I was a blur, but all you had to do was you can bump me and that would get me off. But it, I, I, I could get where I wanted to on the floor. And Stanford really just wanted to change the way they play basketball. And they found a guy that can be fast, quick, can get where he wants to, but he's also smart enough to come to the school. And so it was just a marriage that worked for both of us at that time.
2: And you had a great run there. I mean, you had some great, great trips to the Sweet 16, right?
3: Yeah, we had a Sweet 16 trip, and we had fun. The only thing, I, the thing I say is, I got my young guys ready because I graduated, and the next year they went to the Final Four, and so I was. A lot of people said, "Oh, did you miss?" And I was like, "Of course, I would love to be there, but I was happy to see that all of the hard work that they had put in next to me. Now they were being able to see the fruits of that by being in the Final Four. And so, I, sucks. I felt like I was right there with them." Absolutely. What a great example that is. Basketball, you
2: you build on things, don't you? I mean, you can take talent, and we see it across the NBA, guys moving here and there. Uh, It takes a – I mean, it's such a game of cohesion that you have to have to win at the ultimate level, isn't
3: it? There are some teams that can go out and just get the best talent, and there are other teams that have to go out and build that team camaraderie and build a team uh, structure, and that's what Stanford did. They did a good job of finding guys that can get in and continuing to mold and fit – what can be successful to be a Stanford basketball player, and then they, they were able to have a nice run. And Now, hopefully, we can can find that magic again. One more th-
2: comment on Stanford, though. While you were there, there was a pretty good golfer in school with you at the same time? That yeah, one? yeah.
3: I, I, every now and then, I would allow him to come out and play a couple of holes with me and, oh, yeah? and give him a couple of tips to, to, to ensure that he won the amount of majors that he has from there. Oh. So I, I like to say I take a lot of credit for the success that Tiger has oh, had in oh, his career. Okay,
2: <laughs> <laughs> was here. Was here. Did you get to spend much time? Yeah, yeah, we, time
3: yeah. We we didn't spend a lot of time because he, you know, t- opposite. I was yeah. so focused at that moment. Everybody else knew, and you knew who Tiger Woods was. But it's still, I was on my own journey. Like, all right, it's cool, Tiger Woods. Yeah, he gonna but I'm I'm here. And so we would see each other. He would come to the gym and putt on the gym floor to get ready to play in Augusta. And so that's where I would see him a lot, being in the gym or he'd come to games. And so um, we, we we became really cool. And at the beginning of my career, when we were playing Orlando, he would come to the games, we watched, we would get together. So it, it, was, it was fun to get to know one another at that time. But uh, I wish I was a lot more outgoing, but not just for Tiger in general. I wish I knew more people at Stanford when I was there, but I was a kid from East Orange, New Jersey, going to California, culture shock uh, sure. immediately. And I had one one mindset was, I'm going to graduate, I'm going to meet somebody, I'm going to get a good job, and I'm going to be able to work and then make my mom and dad happy.
1: We'll be back with more of our conversation with former Cavs point guard Brevin Knight right here on Cavs HQ. Countertop Solutions, a family-owned and operated company, is your one-stop local shop when it comes to countertop replacement. As a direct buy showroom, they carry a large selection of laminate, solid surface, granite, and engineered stone countertops. Schedule your countertop replacement, and your kitchen can have that championship look again in just one day. Stop in to one of their six showrooms in the Cleveland and Akron areas. Call 866 376 tops or visit countertopsolutions.org. Driving in Cincinnati and back is not a practical use of time. Ultimate Air
4: Shuttle is the answer. Fly out of downtown Cleveland's Berkeley Front Airport, park for free, relax in a private lounge, and then walk onto a luxury 30-seat plane. Arriving in Cincinnati in only 45 minutes. One price includes flight, tax, baggage, snack and beverage service.
2: The way flying should be. Visit ultimateairshuttle.com for complete details and schedules. VIP travel for the cost of commercial.
1: Hey, Dexter.
0: Did you ever find that thingy you were looking for on Smart Mart? Did I? I found that and a landscape lighting package with some sweet post lamps and all sorts of electrical services, appliance protection, and repair plans. You can also get your trees trimmed. There's a connected home plan with smart thermostats, electric vehicle chargers, and filters. Who oh, do they have filters? There's air filters. Water what Dexter's filters. Are trying to say is that Smart Mart by First Energy has the products and services you need to simplify your life. Pool filters, spa filters, so Shop many filters. Shop now at smart-mart.com.
1: K&D proudly invites you to live at one of the seven most desirable addresses downtown. Residences at Hanna, 668, 1717, Leader, Reserve Square, and Stonebridge. Want to live downtown but aren't ready to downsize? Large spacious suites, and residences at Halley will be available for occupancy in the summer of 2018. Offering well-designed kitchens, bathrooms, living spaces, and more. You deserve a KD and d quality home. Check out everything K&D has to offer downtown and throughout Northeast Ohio at KD.com.
0: It's time for some basketball. At the game, on TV, even online. Spectrum TV has over 200 channels available, including all your basketball favorites, so you can see every shot, assist, and block in high definition. And with Spectrum TV, you also get access to the Spectrum TV app, so you can watch a game in any room on multiple devices. Spectrum TV, it's the ultimate slam dunk. Call 844-352-2999 and get Spectrum now. Restrictions apply, call for
1: details. Welcome back to our conversation with former Cavs point guard Brevin Knight on Cavs HQ.
2: Let me ask you this, Brevin. Now we mentioned the, your time here with the Cavs, Mike Fratello. Mike, a, yes, a, a coach that had been around. Uh, we 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 know. I, I was around. I, I did shows with him, and I know the. the I always thought his teams were so prepared every time out that he took was always with a purpose. Uh, but your time with him, there was sometimes there'd be some, yeah. you were were, were, were you ornery a little bit or was it, was he, was he tougher? you know, we, how was
3: that? We, he was as vertic- more vertically challenged than I was. So we had <laughs> little men syndrome where, where you felt like you, we all got to continue to fight for everything. Uh-huh. And so that fight and all of us led to, yeah, they were headbutts. But the one thing I always said about Mike was you can get into an, an argument match. I mean, you cursing back and forth at each other, going at it. But at the end of the day, he's going to give you a hug and kiss you on the cheek every time. Or the next day you come in, it's over. It was never anything that was lingering. And and he allowed you to express what you wanted to express because he was going to express his feelings. And the one thing I took from him was preparation. Like, there wasn't one thing when we went into a game that we didn't know what the other team was going to do. Now, could we stop it? That was something different. But we knew exactly what to do. And on our end, we knew exactly what we wanted to get accomplished. And so I always, and I tell him to this day, if if a little bit he could have put that ego to the side, he still should have been coaching in the NBA for years to come because there aren't very many people out there that can get the most out of their guys and always have you prepare for any situation.
2: What was just? Can you give us an example of maybe like something there you were as a player that you, was was it like you'd argue about how you run it to run a certain play? Or? Well, no, we
3: would just argue because uh, number Mike likes to use if you did some off the court things affect on the court, and so we had a big blow up in Miami where he talked about something that was going on off oh. the floor that affected the game, and then I just stood up and said it was me you're talking about, and not going. We don't have to. We don't have to talk in the abstract, and then we we had a, a big blowing out at that, but it was. Hey, man, listen, when you get East Coast guys, Jersey guys that are that are passionate about something, you're going mean, to have those arguments. And like I said, is but it was over. Like there was no hard feelings. We didn't hold the grudge in. Whereas today, I think when something gets said to today's players, it is like all of a sudden you have just affected their entire life. I've hit your soul. Now all of a sudden you get the reaction. It's, it's kind of like, all right, you said what you said. I'm still going to go out and play. And that's, mm-hmm. that was the mentality that we – and almost – we started to take the it's us against you. And that's what made us play better as a team It was like, all right, we know that Mike is a, but we just got to keep playing. And mm-hmm. let's go out and do it for us. And I mm-hmm. think he almost forced you to be that way. It's almost like he played a, a mind game uh-huh. with us uh-huh. as young guys to get us to play together. Yeah,
2: Smart coach. I know he sent me a note. He loves you. And I know I said, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know that you love him back. But, uh, but at the time, when you're heat to the battle. But yeah, ultimately, it is what happens on that floor. Trevor, let me ask you this. I mean, that was 20 years ago mm-hmm. when you were here. Social media, the way it is today. I mean, when you, when you think of it in your life then, and, and the guys that age uh, at that time, it, it's, it's kind of crazy what we have
3: now, isn't it? We wouldn't have survived. <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of stuff that, that was going on at that time, you, you, it wasn't and it's not just are oh, you run out doing bad things, just the way you talk to each other. It may be harsh or abrasive, but you were fine with it because you dealt with that person every day. And today, anytime anything happens, like someone would write about it. and you can pick up your phone right and it's right there right now. Whereas when we were playing, somebody had to write an article or you had to call somebody or it, it, it took a lot longer for that information to get around. Well, today, everybody's your worry is about your brand more than just going out and playing and do. So now guys are playing to what benefits me. I'm thinking kind of over here. I'm not just worrying about this. Mm-hmm. The mind now has a lot of different places to go where when we play, our mind was go play basketball and win this game.
2: And you did that while you played with, uh, you bounced to nine te- different teams. Yep. But, but you were always... Someone always wanted you. You know, you could look at it that way. And You had some very good years uh, with steals. I mean, that your defense really is what, what kept you in as long as it did, well, didn't I t- it?
3: defense and assists. I tell everybody, my, my kids and family ate on assists. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> points. They weren't looking for me to go out of school. They were looking for me to run the team, be a great defender, give us opportunities to win games, find guys, give them the ball at the right time, and, and be an extension of the coach on the floor. And I, I knew my role. I went out and played that role and, and – and luckily, as you said, I look at it as there was another team out there that felt like he could help us. And so those, that's what I had to do. But, you know, I had four teams in one year. So I, I always say, like, the nine teams, yes, I had nine teams, but I did have some nice stretches in, mm-hmm. in, in cities. And there was some where it was like the one year where I played, I, fi- I knew I had to get somewhere to play because I had to show that I can continue to play in this game. And so sometimes you have to make those decisions to jump here to there and – It worked out for me. I was able to get to Charlotte, and I tell Bernie Bickerstaff, I credit Mike Fratello with the first half of my career. I credit Bernie Bickerstaff with the second half of my career because without him going to Charlotte, there was nobody else that thought that I could play this game. And so it gave me a chance to kind of uh, re-engage myself to go out. Hey, you got to be a better basketball player. This business thing you're trying to go, it's not going to work for you. And so I got back to being a basketball player. Went back to the basics there. That's it. Got to go get back to work. And Charlotte now is where you make your home, right? Charlotte is home, man. My, my wife and kids, they absolutely love it. Uh, they tell me, you, you can go and work, Dad, and do what you're supposed to do. Make sure we swipe the credit card. It works. The lights <laughs> stay on at the house. And we'll see you in the summer. There you go. <laughs> Brevin Knight. It's great to visit with Brevin. And we'll continue
2: with more. We'll get Brevin's thoughts on the Cavs championship, what it meant to him. And I think as, you, as we talk with him, uh, always a Cavalier. But what it meant to him, and really he was thinking about it even before they got it done. We'll tell you about that. It's Cavs HQ with Brevin Knight. Back at the Cavs HQ conversation with Brevin Knight. And, and Brevin, boy, it's really just great to catch up with you and, and look back a little bit with you. And I want to talk with you about the the Cavs winning a championship. I, I read a story, actually, or you had done a podcast, I guess, mm-hmm. as we get into this modern, the <laughs> modern age. We were looking back at social media from when you played. But, but but you were talking at the time, I think it was in February or somewhere in the winter, and you were saying how nice it would be to see the Cavaliers win a championship. So take us through the Cavs championship year and, and what it meant for you to finally see this organization win it
3: all. Well, you know, as it's, when it's coming up and you're leading up to it, then you get this, the, the feelings of, ah, oh, it's kind of cool that that's the organization I started with, they have a chance to win. But you're also still working for another team. So you want them to do – I wanted them to do well, but I still – immersed in my own situation Mm -hmm. and then as you get to the playoffs we and when we lose then you start to turn to man they might really win and that'll be I mean that will be really big for the city because I guess we go back to saying how much the fans pour into these teams how much they love the the athletes that come here and play how much this is a sports town uh, it just wasn't right for not to have something to celebrate in the way of a championship And, and so once they won it it was almost like the weight was off of all of our shoulders. Everyone that had been in the city and tried to do something positive in the sports world and now it finally was here and everybody could celebrate it and for those people that had been coming to sports events 50, 60 years and now they have an opportunity to really bask in it and and so it was, it was fun for me but I think more so the feeling was for everyone that has been here and wanting it and pushing it and supporting the, all of the Sports franchises in the area. Well, it finally came to fruition. And I think it's for Indians fans, it's for Browns fans. It was just for the entire city. Uh, it was something that was uplifting. Yeah, you you really got it from your time here. You and, and that the night they won it, were you w-
2: just watching it at home, or just watching
3: you- it at home? And, and like I said, it it, it does really hit. Like when they won, it was kind of like okay, they won. You you're still saying how they won. It was such a great series. Is this going to be a every year thing between these two teams and then after, then you can sit back and be like, man, that's kind of cool though. Like, I played for that franchise, and, and it was it was had good times being there. So then you can start to sit back and reflect on the times that you were here. So you weren't surprised at all by the images of all those people for the parade the Cavs had? Heck no, man. Look, <laughs> this, I mean, you, if if you are if you're any have any affiliation to not just to Cleveland, just to this region, <laughs> it became something that was huge for you. So whether you still lived here or you moved on, I mean, you're gonna get people flooding to come back just to see what that experience is like, because if you have watched everyone else do it and go through it for so long, it's like, well, shucks, I want to, I want that feeling. I want to say that I was there on that day because who is it going to be 50, 60 years before it happens again? Who, who knows? So you, everybody fought, and it was just, it was a fun scene to watch.
2: It is so difficult to win a championship in this yes. league, as, as as I think we've seen, and, and to accomplish that, it, it really was the ultimate here. For the Cavaliers, of course, we, we talked about your team, and then after you, all of you guys went your separate ways, the Cavs really went into the Valley, and then there was uh, that, that magic the night main. where they drafted LeBron. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about him. Uh, what a career he's had, is having, I guess I should say, really. Uh, your your thoughts about him, because you've, you've been in a role, you're close to the game, covering the games as you do uh, on the television side in Memphis. Uh, your thoughts about LeBron as you've seen him throughout his career?
3: Well, first, there are very few players in our game that cross the line of entertainer. I mean, we are athletes, we play an entertainment sport, but then there's that other side where you become an entertainer, and he has done a terrific job of being an entertainer, being the face of basketball, but continuing to push himself to be the best player that he can be. And you talked about it earlier in terms of every summer he goes to work on something to get better. And when you are the focal point of everyone's defense, night in and night out, when you are the face of this game, but he can still go out and produce the way he does individually, but then also make his teams be that good, uh, that, that shows his greatness uh, in his totality. As an individual, he's great, but what he does for his teams, and then what he does for the organizations, the extension, what he does outside of the game—I mean, he, to me, he has it. I mean, he—he he just he gets it, um, and he—he's gotten it from a very young age. So you know, we talk about the hard upbringing that he had, but in that, it created a character in him that he continues to display today, and so. Uh, I, I more than the basketball stuff that he has accomplished, uh, I am very proud to see uh, a young African-American man in today's world be able to be the positive role model that he has been without any negativity. It is very hard in today's world and social media for you not to have some negativity come up. And for him, the negativity is just people that don't like him, haters or whatever, but it's nothing that he does or has done personally that – has hurt him or his family in any way? So I think he's just a, a, a great model for all young players coming up, and those that think that they are stars, he's he's one in which that you can pattern yourself after.
2: That's well put, Brevin. And and, it, and he's there every night. It's just it is amazing when he, pretty much you go out there, and it's a grueling schedule. And, it
3: and you think about it, he he's gone to the finals seven straight years, seven. Eight, so so he is playing literally from beginning of the year to the end of the year. Every season that he plays, but he still comes out every night and gives you what you need. And, and this team went through a struggling time, and he realized maybe I got to do more early. So what does he do? He does more early, and now what happens? You get on a winning streak because of it. So he's uh, he he just he gets it, man. And when you when you can get it and be that good, oh, that marriage is, is special. It's a Cavs HQ conversation
2: with Brevin Knight. More with Brevin. We'll get Brevin's thoughts on today's game as the the way he sees it, the evolution of the three-point shot. Brevin's take on all of that is coming up. Cavs HQ with Brevin Knight. Driving in Cincinnati and back is not a practical use of time. Ultimate air shuttle is the answer. Fly out of downtown Cleveland's Berkeley Front
4: Airport, park for free, relax in a private lounge, and then walk onto a luxury 30-seat plane. Arriving in Cincinnati in only 45 minutes, One price includes flight, tax, baggage, snack and beverage service. The way flying should be. Visit ultimateairshuttle.com
2: for complete details and schedules. VIP travel for the cost of commercial.
0: If you're a Clevelander like me, Jimmy Hanlon, then you know how many great eateries there
2: are. But I bet you don't know who has the best fried chicken sandwich in the land, the Rustic Grill. The crispy, juicy chicken coated in buttermilk delivers just a hint of spice, cooled and contrasted perfectly by the house-made coleslaw and pickles topping it off. Finish it with bacon and cheddar all housed between a buttery toasted bun, and you will have every foodie's ultimate sandwich. Swing by the Rustic Grill at Stonewater on What Club Drive in Highland Heights. Who knows? I might just see
4: you there. It's red, white, and new. In celebration of the 4th of July, not only is Levin's giving you our best offers ever on furniture and mattresses, we're also pledging our allegiance to our country and our customers just stop by any Levin showroom exchange your faded or torn American flag from Thursday June 28th through Wednesday July 4th, and Levin's will give you a new 3 foot by 5 foot flag so you can fly Old Glory proudly and patriotically and rest assured Levin's will retire your old used flag respectfully and dispose of it in accordance with the US flag code so remember Take advantage of the incredible deals for the 4th, and take your old worn American flag to Levin's between June 28th and July 4th, and have it exchanged for a new one free. Happy Independence Day, from your American built and American strong furniture and mattress retailer, Levin's. Hi, I'm Katie, a discount drug mart pharmacist. Look, I'm not going to pretend Medicare prescription drug benefits aren't complicated. They are. The good news is, our pharmacists can help you understand your Medicare benefits. We'll make sure you're getting all the savings you deserve.
3: Plus, Drug Mart's $1.99 generic prescriptions for diabetes, cholesterol, blood pressure, antibiotics, and more may be even less expensive than your Medicare copay. The simple truth is, your prescription dollar just goes farther at Drug Mart. Discount Drug Mart saves you the runaround.
2: Welcome back, Cavs HQ conversation with Brevin Knight. Good, great, great to catch up with Brevin and, and Brevin. Uh, I just wanted to talk with you a little bit about the NBA today. Uh, things go through
3: phase. It, it is a different game than when you came into it, isn't it? It's a to- totally different game. <laughs> uh, I wish if we if we had guys shooting the amount of threes that they are shooting now with Fratello, he would have run on the court to try to block one. <laughs> it, it would it would not go down at all the way it is now. <laughs> it, it it is amazing, isn't it? I, I, what, what,
2: so when you look at it now, I, these guys you got seven footers outside that are shooting threes. It, it's just crazy. Is, is is this the way it's headed, or what? What do you? What do you? Th- I mean, will continue to be this way? What do you think?
3: Well, I think everything is. There are trends in everything. And right now, the the trend in our game as you start to see happen was they want to increase scoring. And so the way you increase scoring is step out to the three-point line, but you also have more guys shooting threes from different positions. And so that four, or five, you go to the stretch four, stretch five, whatever, those guys have always been in the game. They just didn't have a name. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave them a name and it's like, oh, this is the new thing. But big guys have been shooting the basketball for a long time. It's just now everybody wants to do it on a regular basis. And I think you can fall into the trap of thinking that all teams are going to be like Houston all teams are going to be like Golden State, but all teams don't have the personnel that Golden State has, that Houston has. So uh, you have to figure out what's good for your team. And this is so so many of, of our teams are copycat teams that you feel like, well, that team is playing that way. We're going to play that way. But maybe you don't have the guys to play that way. So figure out what makes your team tick. And if your team can play, how do you win games? This is, this is the business of winning basketball games. Figure out what's best for your team. And, Hopefully, at some point in time, we can get back to doing that. Not everybody trying to find out how we can find seven guys that only shoot threes. Well, we've got some guys that can be effective in the mid-range. Maybe this guy can post up. If they have play all small guys, well, let's pound them inside. We figure... So there are some different ways. Everybody can't be the same. And hopefully, we'll get to a point where teams try to be good teams for who they are, not to be a good team like the Golden State Warriors or like the Houston Rockets. You, know, you said something there. Whatever it takes to win—that is the—that's the, the bottom line, right? That, that's it. And, and a lot of times, I think we've gotten away with all of the ancillary things that go on outside of basketball with the social. We've gotten away from hey, just go out and play. Like at the end of the day, you can have all of your individual situation, whatever's going on. But for this two hours, two and a half hours, let's go play basketball. And, and if if you can get more people doing the the outside affects the court more than anything else and that, that that is because there are so many outside influence more outside influences because of the access that I, that i think affects a lot of teams in terms of their consistency and how they play
2: you know Brevin, i i I've, I've thought about this but when you compare it to football baseball basketball i i guess that people can really see the players yes. up close you know there's no helmet yes. and your emotion you were very emotional you were a, a fiery guy i still and, am and you are okay oh, right. the officials now i think they want to give me a
3: tech on the way some of the games <laughs> oh are you better
2: watch it down there yeah they're, 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 those those game checks are not what they used to be anymore <laughs> yeah, that would cost you but yeah you are that's that's you uh and i think people get to know you and and the players too so that that's why now and then you take social media the way it is. And, and and I think maybe for some guys, you touched on it earlier, they get a little sidetracked from yes. the, the
3: main goal the main goal to win. The, the main goal is still what got you is basketball. Like at the end of the day, don't forget about the basketball. All the other stuff can go on, but remember to still work on your craft. And if you and so kind of look at the league now and say, our league is full of 6'6 six, six to 6'9, six, same guys, athletic, potential. But who's going to be the guy that – that then takes that next step because you can have the potential forever, but do you ever hone that craft and become a better player? And, and I, I think that a lot of kids, a lot of them don't aren't able to get to that point because for so long they've been built up as the man forever. I mean, it starts from a young kid, the best eighth grader, all of this all, all the way up, and then you get to this point where everybody is that, <laughs> everybody in this league was that best kid. Who's gonna step up from that point? That's, that's that'll be the telltale sign.
2: Now, you always battled as we talked about it, but was there an eye-opening moment for you? Like, man, how, how when your first NBA year about, man, game to game, they were all good. Everybody you faced, was there well, at one stretch, man, there's, there was no, where it said into you said, hey, this is going to be like this every night. There's somebody out there trying to take my bacon.
3: Well, you go back to just the, the Indiana team, and everybody talked about Mark Jackson and Reggie Miller, Deadless, all of those guys, but the toughest thing for me was Travis Best. And so it, what I learned about this NBA was it's not always the big name guy. You know those people. You've seen them play all the time. But it's the guys who have a name. They're not talked about a lot. But you got to compete against them on a nightly basis. And those were the guys that gave you the most problems because, yeah, you're ready to play them, but you just, you're just still a little bit caught off guard by what they can do at that level because they didn't. Now, of course, Travis Best, I watched him at Georgia Tech. You know how good he was. Mm-hmm. But it still was worrying about Mark Jackson. That was who I, and then, but once he came in, it was like, holy cow, it's a different way to play. And so it was, I think what happens is we only, the league hypes 10 people. There's 400 other guys out here that can really play this game. And I had to gear up every night for a different challenge.
2: Well put. We'll talk more with Brevin Knight as he's taking us through his career, a little bit more about what he overcame in terms of that vertically challenged part (laughs) of it. But a final thought from him on his days in Cleveland. It's a Cavs HQ conversation with Brevin Knight. with brevin knight and brevin boy it really has been a joy this hour i'm glad i got to do it it's great well i mean there's other things to talk (laughs) about with you though we can get into all kinds of things you know we we talked about it though the vertically challenged part we've seen isaiah thomas Mm uh mugsy bogues over the years you go back you guys stand out when you come out like that when you are that size and you're dealing with these guys, as you mentioned in the last segment—six, six, six, nine guys. I mean, everywhere you're looking up. Right. What What is that like every day for you? What What is the biggest challenge? Maybe Maybe is there a little edge? Maybe the little guy gets that
3: we don't think about. Well, the, the biggest thing I always tell people is I've, I've been this size forever, so to walk on the floor and see bigger—I uh, I don't see that size a lot of times. I didn't see the size difference until there was a picture, and I would say we would take the picture, and I'd be like, "Holy cow, I'm short." <laughs> but when you're out there playing, you don't, you, you're not, you don't feel short. I feel like I'm out here playing. I know mm-hmm. how to get to where I want to get to on the floor and to get myself open. If I, I know how to do my job. And, and so it's, you know, we all do it in different ways. You go back to Nate Archibald was a scorer in a small body. Muggsy Bogues was a setup guy. Spud Webb was a scorer in a small guy. Athlete jump. Myself, I was more of a setup guy. So I think we are. Isaiah Thomas is a scorer and a small he's just a smaller guy, but he knows how to put the ball in the basket. And so we can get to places on the floor that taller guys can't get down to. We can get into creases and, and, and find cracks that you can't get low enough to attack the ball. And I, I read an article about Kimber Walker talked about where he how he is able to maximize being short. And what that meant is Tall guys, they can only get up here. When it's time for them to try to get down to my level, I'm already by them. And so that is those are the advantages that you, you have to know. And you have to know that if I get too close to you, now your size becomes your advantage. But if I can just stay away and beat you and get where I want, now it's my advantage. So... Uh, you, you, you learn how to play with it over the years. And defensively, too, you were very good at steals. Yes.
2: And, and then uh, that's a little different challenge on, on the other end of well, it. Well, that was my
3: joy because it, when growing up in, in East Stars, New Jersey, the only way I got on the courts in the parks was because I was a defensive guy. That was why people chose me to go play. And so uh, I realized I want to play on the main court. You know, and, and growing up where I grew up in the parks, you have the main court where the real players play, and you got two other side courts. The people that's close to being on the main court, and we got this court over here that still, y'all keep work, working on your game. I was able to play on the main court from a young age because I could steal the basketball. If you were dribbling, I was going to get the basketball. And so I carried that all the way through. And real like I said, I, I knew that was the role that I could play on the team and I can affect the team in a positive way.
2: You know, Brevin. I mean, your role as as an analyst with the the Grizzlies Television Network. You, you talk to the young players coming in. If they ask you for advice, what, what do you give them with that? As you mentioned, it's it's still the game. That's the. I want to talk with you about LeBron James. That's the one thing. LeBron does have zillions of things right. going on, but I've I've always seen through his career, he never does forget. It's basketball that has made everything else possible. Every year, he works on something in his game that maybe wasn't as good as he would have liked it the year before. He's done it his entire career.
3: Well, I tell all young guys, don't act as if you've arrived. Like, yes, you have accomplished the goal that you've gotten to this to this level, but you got to continue to work and get beyond this level. And so, if you want to stay and be consistent, there are certain things that are inherent in NBA basketball. There are certain kind of rules or things that go along with it that may be unwritten. better figure out what those rules are and try to f- play within them so that you have a long career. Like I tell everybody, this is about longevity. You want to try to get to ten years. What do I have to do to get to ten years in this business? Because that's what this is. And, and once you figure that out, then you, you make your uh, decisions and everything from that. But uh, it's, it's longevity is the biggest thing. Figure out how to stay in this game for a long time.
2: Revin, what a story! Because you've put it on the main court, in the in the, in your sport, the highest level. You've made a career of it as a player. You're working with it afterwards now as an analyst. What 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 has that part of
3: it been like for you?
2: Because as an analyst, you you got to call it like you see it, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> and you are that guy.
3: <laughs> well, they, they call me Mr. Keep It Real in Memphis because I I, I don't uh, I love our team. <laughs> um, but I, I also understand that there's another team out there playing. And if that other team is playing well, then why not give them credit for what they're doing? And so uh, I never harp on negative things about our team because it's still our team. If they're not doing something right, you kind of hit it and move on. Uh, but it, it's a fun job, man. It's fun to try to uh, convey what's going on with our team to those that are home, but do it in a fashion where you enjoy watching it. You know, we still want it to be, no matter what's happening on the floor, we want it to be an enjoyable experience. And so that's what we try to strive for.
2: Well, this has been an enjoyable experience, Brevin, to sit down with you. Glad things are well with your family. And it's great that you love coming back to Cleveland.
3: Oh, man, I, I do. I, I, now I just got to get back up here when the weather is really nice so I can uh, get out on those golf courses again. There you go. How are you hitting them? <laughs> I'm hitting it, not yeah. good right now. Okay. That's what happens when you play too much. You go through these ebbs and flows. but. They always say on the end of dark times, there's a light. So I'm still, I'm searching. I'm I'm moving the leaves of something that has to be there. (laughs) Some positivity has to be there. Brevin, a real pleasure to have you with us. All the best to you. And let's do this
2: again sometime, all right? Thanks for having me. Brevin Knight, isn't it great to have him back in town? Always a Cavalier. What a great time it's been with him. We thank you for being with us. Another Cavs HQ conversation. And we thank Brevin Knight.